is everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up the points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We all agree tonight, all of the speakers have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Not only does America have a very serious problem, but our people have a very serious problem. America's problem is What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A.? This is L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. That clip that you just heard, Self-Destruction, that was a 1989 uh, song started by KRS-One, the rap group. And back then, it was pretty much talking about the uh, violence in the black community and things like that and how the violence needed to stop and the, you know, the drug selling and all of that things. But I kind of reference this song, even in, you know, today's world where in this country, there's some just crazy things going on. It's it's almost like America is going towards self-destruction. I mean, you have these anti Chinese uh, folks out here talking all this rhetoric that's just prompting violence you know, you have this divide in this country, this Democrat versus Republican divide. You know, you still have your Trump supporters and your anti-Trump supporters. You have the situation at the border. Uh, it's just a lot of crazy stuff going on in this country. You know, we're still dealing with the COVID. The country is even divided on that. You know, how do we rid ourselves of this disease? We We can't even get the mask piece right, whether or not you should wear a mask and things like that. So I just wanted to throw that uh, music clip on uh, at the start of this video just to get a little frustration out. I know that this is a sports uh, podcast. It will continue to be. 
But every now and then I'll just voice uh, my concern about some things going on in this country and pick a little song that kind of represents what I think is going on uh, around us, you know, besides the sports world. But in any event, I just got through watching the the big game of the day, of course, the L.A. Lakers versus the L.A. Clippers, in which the Clippers prevailed 104 to 86. Game really wasn't uh, very, very close from the beginning. The uh, Clippers, after the first quarter, they led 27 to 20. And you could tell that the Lakers just were not, their offense just really wasn't in sync. Uh, you know, they were, they had a few turnovers. Uh, the Clippers actually had more turnovers in this game than the Lakers at the end of the day. Clippers had 19 turnovers and the Lakers had 18 turnovers. But it seemed like the Lakers turnovers were at the inopportune times. Um, the second quarter, they were outscored 26 to 18. So they were down by halftime. And everyone pretty much knew this this particular game was in doubt. That's why most fans in L.A., and I believe that includes both Clippers and Laker fans, you know, they can't wait until both squads get all of their players back so they both can be whole and they can show the rest of the NBA that they are indeed the two best teams definitely in the West. And if they are both healthy, one of them will come out of the West to represent the Western Conference against whomever, Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, whomever, even the upstart New York Knicks who are playing very, very well right now. You never know. But back to this game, uh, Clippers and the uh, Lakers. As far as the Clippers go, uh, Kawhi Leonard had a typical Kawhi Leonard game, 19 points. 8 out of 15, 2 of 2 from 3-piece land. He also had 8 assists, and he also had 10 rebounds. So he was 2 assists away from a triple-double. That's a, that's a very, very good stat line, even for Kawhi Leonard. He had a tremendous, tremendous game. I mean, still, he only scored 19 points, but his presence uh, felt like a whole lot more than 19 points. The player who was really killing the Lakers more than any was uh, Marcus Moore Sr. And at the beginning of this game, he and his brother were guarding each other. They were both three of three at one point. But Marcus uh, got the got the best of his brother in this particular matchup. He went on to go nine of 13, four or five from uh, three-piece land. He can shoot the three. Both of those twins can shoot the three. You know, you leave them open and they can drain it. He scored 22 points. So he was really, really, really... Uh, killing the Lakers. He also has seven rebounds himself. Play very well. He's been playing really, really well uh, and say in the last half dozen or so games. And if the Clippers continue to get that kind of output from Marcus Morris Sr., uh, they will be held to deal with down the stretch big time. Big time. Uh, Reggie Jackson, of course, uh, he played the point guard position. Now, Rondo had his first showing today with the Clippers. Uh, he did not play that particularly well, but that was to be expected. He only played 13 minutes. They're going to have to ease him into the lineup. He was only one of three from the field. He had three assists, uh, a couple of steals, you know, a couple of uh, typical Rondo steals. and uh, But he also led the team with four turnovers. Well, actually, Paul George had five turnovers, but Rondo had four turnovers himself. And I tell you, on the... Uh, Twitter sphere, as I like to call it. And as I was watching the game and reading 
the tweets from both the Laker fans and the Clipper fans, I, I started reading tweets like Rondo. Rondo was washed up. Why did we have to go get him? Uh, see, we didn't need a point guard after all. He's turning the ball over. He's this, he's that. Clipper fans, Clipper Nation, one basketball game, one game. You don't expect Rondo to just come in here and just start dominating. That doesn't, that's that's not realistic. That's not realistic. It's going to take him a few games, just like it would anyone else, to come in, uh, get his bearings together, get his feet wet, maybe have a couple of practices with the team if they do any practicing nowadays. It's going to take Rondo uh, a few games to get acclimated to his new teammates. I don't, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Rondo is going to be a great addition to this Clipper team. There, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that's going to happen. That's how much confidence I have in Rajon Rondo. So though that stat line that he had is going to get better game by game, and Rondo would be fine. Reggie Jackson, uh, he was only two of eight from the field, and he scored six points, and he only had one assist. So again, uh, like I've been saying all year, that's why I thought that the Clippers needed a another point guard, another coach on the floor, another extension of the coach, Ty Lue, somebody that can run that team, get the team in the, into the proper sets, into the proper plays, and for a player like a Rondo, who will get in his teammates' face and say, hey, um, you know, you messed this play up, or you're supposed to be over on this side of the floor, you're on this side of the floor. He is a coach on the floor. Rondo would be an excellent coach one day. I really believe that. His IQ is off the charts. You know, people say LeBron James has a, a, a probably the best basketball IQ in the NBA, and I would not doubt that one iota. Rondo is not that far behind. You know, Rondo's not going to be the your three-point assassin. You know, he's not going to fill the stat lines with, with a bunch of 20-point games. He's just going to be down the stretch, the steady influence that the Clippers will need to get the job done in the fourth quarter. His job coming in here from the uh, the trade from Atlanta is to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and especially Paul George, to get them in better positions to score. You know, in the first three quarters of games and in a regular season, it's different than in the playoffs when defense is clamped down on you and all that sort of thing. Uh, in the fourth quarter, though, when defense is clamped down on you, uh, it's, it's a lot more difficult for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to score because they don't have that distributor. Paul George tries to do it himself. Sometimes Kawhi Leonard tries to do it himself. Now you see a lot of one-on-one ISO basketball, teams collapse, or teams double-team one of those two guys. Uh, the rotations aren't good, and next thing you know, they blow a four-quarter lead. With Rondo on the floor, that's going to diminish. I really, really believe that. And Patrick Beverly, by the way, is still out with that knee soreness. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Now, when he returns, uh, you know, Ty Lue is going to have, uh, I guess you could call it a good problem. You're going to have, you know, three pretty good guards. You're going to have uh, Reggie Jackson. You're going to have uh, Pat Bev. And now you have Rondo. So I think the minutes could still be spread out, you know, evenly with those guys. But the bottom line is, Who's going to be at the floor on the floor at the end of games? That's the question. And the answer, of course, is going to be Rondo. You're not going to have Rondo and Jackson on the floor at the same time at the end of the game or Rondo and Pat Bev. 
You're going to have Rondo and then the rest of the crew. You're going to have Kawhi. You're going to have Marcus Morris. You're going to have Paul George. You're going to have a Baca when he gets back out. Or you may have a Batum, somebody like that, or maybe even a Zubats. But the one guard you're going to have out there is Rondo. And uh, he's going to be a steady influence uh, to this team, as I mentioned. Uh, Zubats, by the way, uh, he only scored six points in this game. Uh, I believe that the Clippers um, really, really need um, Serge Ibaka back. Nothing against Zubats, but uh, Zubats can be the backup center, just like he was earlier in the season. Ibaka comes back to the lineup. You know, he gets his feet wet again, gets himself acclimated back into the starting lineup with the, uh, the four other guys on the floor, and then the Clippers can go on from there. Also, uh, the rumor floating around the NBA circles today is that DeMarcus Cousins, will soon be signing a 10-day, his first 10-day contract with the Clippers. Now, you know, uh, from from a lot of people I've been talking to, uh, they say, well, DeMarcus Cousins, man, the guy's washed up. What what do we need him for? He's, you know, he's a cancer in the locker room and all that jazz. I think DeMarcus Cousins has really, really grown from um, his early days in the NBA. And he, the guy can still play. You know, a lot of people think, when they think of DeMarcus Cousins, you know, they think he's like a really, really old player anyway. Man, he's he's really, really old. DeMarcus Cousins is only 30 years old. He's only 30. He's just been in the league for a while. He got, you know, came right out of Kentucky, I believe, after his freshman year. So he's been in the league a long time. Um, but he's only 30 years old. Guy can still play. You know, his career averages, you know, 20 point, 20.8 points per game. 10.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Um, he's not giving those uh, type of numbers uh, this year or when he was playing with uh, Houston earlier this year. He did play in 25 games. and But he, he averaged 9.6 points, you know, almost 10 points a game, 7.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists. That's not too shabby, you know, for, for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins and what the Clippers need him to do. He's not going to be starting and, and giving you high-volume minutes and – high volume buckets and things like that. His shot selection still yeah, still kind of suspect on occasion, but um with some good coaching with, you know, that Ty Lu uh influence and with the influence with the rest of the team members. The Clippers are trying to win a championship. So I'm sure they'll tell cousins, man, we don't need you in here jacking up the threes from all over the place. You know, if you're open for a three point shot, yes, by all means take it. But, you know, they don't need him just you know, doing having high volume shots or just shots that are not good, uh, because Demarcus Cousins uh, with Houston this year, he only was shooting thirty seven point six percent from from the field and thirty three point six percent from three piece land. So those numbers will have to improve, and I think it will with better players on the team, better players surrounding him. I think he, as well as Rondo, would be or will be a very, very good addition to this Clippers team. And uh, with that Clipper win today, they um, improved to 33 and 18. So they're doing, uh, the Clippers are doing really, really well right now. The rest of the team in this particular game, uh, Batoon, Nick Batoon, 18 minutes, only one or two from the field. His only shot was from three that he made, scored four points. Um, I already mentioned Rondo. Now Terrence Mann, very interesting. Um, He's going to be the beneficiary of all these uh, changes in the Clippers lineup. He's going to get more minutes. Now, in this game, in 20 minutes, he was only 3 of 10, 1 of 4 from 3 piece land. He's still a young player, 
Uh, I'm not saying that this guy is going to be any type of superstar or anything like that, but I think Terrence Mann is going to be a very, very good NBA player down the line. Uh, you Clippers fans will be very, very happy with his play. Ex-Florida State Seminole, Terrence Mann, young fella. He only scores seven points a day, have four rebounds. And, uh, you know, he's young. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll have up and down games, you know, similar to uh, Taylor Horton Tucker of the Lakers, who I'll, I'll get with the Lakers uh, in a couple of minutes here. Uh, Luke Kennard in this game, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I read the, the Twitter sphere and the tweets on Luke Kennard, and it's, it still just baffles me how a lot of Laker fans, I'm sorry, a lot of Clipper fans are pining to get Luke Kennard more minutes, more meaningful minutes. Ty Lue did not forget how to coach basketball all of a sudden. He's putting his best players in the game in crunch time, the players who he thinks will, you know, do the best in helping them win this particular game. Now, Luke Kennard, he scored 15 points a day. So what do I see or what do I read on Twitter? Boy, he, he's just a very good shooter. Don't know why he doesn't get more minutes. You know, Luke Kennard is a, is a better, much better shooter than Landry Shamit. That was a great trade and all of that. Well, that remains to be seen. You know, we'll see in the next four years when he starts uh, at least attempting to earn that 64 million stacks that he infiltrated from uh, from the owner's office last year. So uh, we shall see. But it's garbage time. He was six out of 10. This game was already decided and he scored 15 points in garbage time. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of those games where the, if the Clippers are a big, you know, Luke Kennard will come in and, you know, he'll do his thing, no pressure. Or if the Clippers are down big, Luke Kennard will come in. Like that particular game against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago when the uh, Clippers' second unit came back from 22 point, points down. Now, in that particular game, Luke Kennard, he played down the stretch, and he probably had his best game of the year. I think he was like 8 of 8 from the field or something like that. But even in that particular game, when you're down 22, like in the first half, and then the coach takes out the whole uh, starting lineup and then puts the second stringers in, you don't have any pressure on you right there. You can jack shots up all day long. You're 22 points down. You're expected to lose this game. Those shots become a little bit easier in a case like that. But he played well in that game. But for most games, he, he gets the DNP. Did not play. Coach's decision. So is, is Luke Kennard just – is he oblivious to how good Luke Kennard is? Ty Lue I'm speaking of, is he oblivious to Luke Kennard? Ty Lue knows uh, very well whether or not this guy can help them win a championship right now. And as of right now, I don't think the, the confidence level is there from the coaching staff when it comes to Luke Kennard. So, again, uh, Clippers, you know, they played very well. They did what they had to do. They beat an unmanned a uh, Laker team or, or just a team that didn't have uh, their three best players and uh, LeBron James uh, and uh, Andre Drummond. I consider him one of their better players now. And of course, Anthony Davis. And by the way, did you see the outfit that Serge Ibaka had on? I mean, somebody on Twitter uh, type in there. What, what kind of, what is that? Is he wearing? He had this white looking hat and, Looks like a some kind of bandana thing around his face and some crazy looking shirt like he's going to rob a bank or something. I don't know what the hell that was he was wearing. But, hey, you know, when you make that kind of loot, you can wear what the heck you want. And, uh, I, and I guess still look good on TV. But it was kind of a strange, kind of a strange looking outfit. But, uh, again, the Clippers did what they had to do. You know, they beat a, um, a lesser team. 
And right now, the Lakers are a lesser team than the Clippers. The Clippers schedule coming up um, after this particular game today, they have Portland next, who has McCollum back, and then they also play Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns, you know, if anybody is waiting for them to take a downfall, I guess we're going to have to keep waiting because uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and that whole trio right there, they're just getting it done. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes playoff time. When it comes to that team, you know, they're not used to being in the thick of the um, Western Conference hunt, but we'll see. So, you know, so far, so good with Phoenix. You know, I've been waiting for them to fall as well, and they're not. You know, same with Utah. You know, Utah, I'm, you know, people are waiting for them to start, you know, coming back down to earth. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So the West is really stacked, especially now that Portland uh, has um, McCollum back. And then uh, going down the schedule again for the Clippers, you know, they have Houston uh, next Friday. That shouldn't be a problem. They have Detroit coming up. That shouldn't be a problem. So their schedule is not as daunting as, say, the Lakers schedule is coming up and speaking of the Lakers let me talk about uh, these guys in this particular game the 104-86 victory by the Clippers that um, brought the Lakers record down to 31-19 and so there's still 12 games over 500 they're still going to make the playoffs Laker fans late show Laker nation they'll make the playoffs now their seeding may be lower now, because we don't know exactly when LeBron James is coming back, it, everyone's optimistic that he's going to come back sometime in the next, say, I don't know, three weeks, maybe four at the most, he should be back. And then Anthony Davis, uh, people are looking at his timetable as maybe a couple of weeks away. And then Andre Drummond, who, you know, the first game back against Milwaukee, he gets hurt. Uh, a torn, and that sounds very, very painful. A torn is not like a, a hangnail. It's a torn off toenail, almost like the whole thing came off. That just, ooh, that sounds nasty and painful. But, uh, of course, x-rays were negative. And uh, he is expected to be back. He's day-to-day right now. He's expected to be back probably within the next game or two. So let's hope he gets back uh, very, very soon. Now, when he came over, uh, Mark Gasol, they were, he, I guess he got interviewed by, I'm not sure if it was a, by Spectrum TV out there in L.A. Some, some station interviewed him, and he didn't sound happy about the acquisition of Andre Drummond. Now, I don't think it was Andre Drummond himself. You know, Andre, you know, not that he's mad at Andre Drummond or anything like that. He... Uh, intimated that he's kind of upset at the organization. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a competitor. You know, all these guys want to start. You know, all, all NBA players have egos, right? He wants to start just like anyone else, or he feels he's good enough to start just like any other player. Now, at the end of the day, Mark Gasol is a professional player. You know, he's a guy that has a ring. He's on the downside of his career. I don't think anyone doubts that. And... And as a matter of fact, this year with the Lakers, he was not playing as well as the Lakers expected or as the fans expected or maybe even his teammates expected. He has not been playing all that well, but that doesn't mean that he can't be an integral part of this team moving forward. Andre Drummond, 
he starts the games. And then you have a guy, professional guy, and with a lot of experience like Mark Gasol coming, you know, behind Drummond to spell him uh, with, with the whatever, however many minutes Drummond's going to play. So Mark Gasol can be a very, very valuable backup to Drummond. I think it is the absolute perfect situation that he's in. Because the bottom line is, again, and you know, as far as the Lakers and Laker Nation and Laker fans, it's about winning a championship, baby. All the ego stuff gets thrown out the window. Okay? You're, you're not, Mark Gasol, speaking of now, you're not in a position to demand anything or, you know, I want out of this team. You know, I should be starting and all that. You're not in a position to do any of that, not with the way you've been playing all year. So we'll see how that shakes itself out down the line, but – my personal opinion is I think it's going to be very valuable with the way they're going to rotate Drummond and Gasol. You know, two different type of players. In this game, though, Gasol did get minutes. He got 18 minutes. Played pretty well. Four out of seven from the field. Three out of three from three-piece land. Scored 11 points. He was actually the second leading scorer. I'm sorry, the third leading scorer in this particular game. 11 points. Okay game. You know, nothing to you know, you know, write home about by any means, but it was okay game. Now, imagine if you got that coming off the bench, you know, those same 18 minutes and then the rest of the minutes goes to Drummond. And, you know, you know, Drummond's going to give you at least 15 and 15, 15 points, 15 rebounds or something close to it, especially on the rebounding side. You're going to get that from him. It's going to take Andre Drummond as well uh, a few games to get acclimated to his teammates. And that first game that he had against uh, Milwaukee, and I was reading the Twitter sphere again, and some of the Laker Nation fans were, you know, damn near ready to run this guy out of town after one game. This is before he even got hurt. You know, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the value in Andre Drummond. What is he doing? You know, he can't shoot. He can't do this. He can't do that. Laker Nation, Laker Nation. Let me tell you something about this guy. Once, once he plays a few games, you will see the value of Andre Drummond especially affording his team second and third chances. Even if he doesn't grab the rebound, he's one of those guys that he's always around the ball. He'll tip the ball out to somebody to get a second shot or, or you know, start the 24-second shot clock all over again. And he can score down low. You're not going to run a whole lot of plays for him where he's going to be shooting turnaround jumpers and, you know, all that kind of jazz. But he gets a lot of, a lot of putbacks, a lot of putback dunks. He gets the ball in the paint. He can shoot the little jump hook and make that shot on occasion. You know, 15 points is 15 points. doesn't matter where they come from. You're going to get that from Andre Drummond. Guaranteed. You're going to get that. Let's just hope that he stays healthy. That's the, that's the main goal with both of these squads. Health. Now, the other Morris twin, uh, Markeith, he started off pretty well. As I mentioned before, he was three of three, just like his twin brother was. And the first, this may have been the first, say the first half of the first quarter. They were guarding each other. They were going neck and neck. Now, after that, for the rest of this game, Markeith was only one of six for the rest of the game. So he did not have, after the first quarter, he did not have a great rest of the game. He only scored nine points. So uh, his brother, you know, kind of outshined him today. And uh, there was also some Twitter sphere uh, polls going around. You know, who's the better brother, Marquise or Marcus? Or, hey, these, did these guys trade uniforms before the, before the uh, game started? Is that really Marquise playing for the Lakers and Marcus 
playing for the uh, the Clippers or vice versa or however you want to call it. Uh, it was kind of strange watching those two guys play against each other. Um, I'm sure they have visions of when they were growing up back in their backyard. I'm sure there was some uh, some heavy, heavy competition there between the two. So that was really, really great to see. Uh, Kuzma did not have a good game at all. Not sure what was going on with Kuzma today. And, uh, again, of course, the Lakers being shorthanded, but Kuzma and, and, and uh, Schroeder, and I'll get with him in a second, you know, they have to be the two players that really carry this team until LeBron James and AD gets back. Now, Kuzma played 33 minutes. He was 2 out of 10 from the field. It's not going to cut it. Zero from four from three, please land. Not going to cut it. Now, he did lead the team in rebounds like he typically does, you know, without uh, AD and LeBron being in there. He has seven rebounds. That's good. But he only scored six points. He was a minus 25. Minus 25 in the plus-minus column while Kuzma was on the floor. So that's not good either. And, you know, Kuzma, he's, you know, he'll he'll have to pick his game up for sure until those two guys get back. There's no way around it. You know, the Lakers don't want to slide all the way down to – I know, at, you know, in the last few weeks I've been talking about seeding. Seeding really doesn't matter in this COVID environment. There's not a lot of fans in the stands. You know, it's almost like these teams are playing in the, you know, in the rec gym somewhere with no fans, uh, maybe a few fans, friends or family or something like that. But you don't want to get too far down in the standings, you know, if you're the Lakers. You know, you don't want that, let's say, seventh seed, and you definitely don't want to get all the way down to the eighth seed. You know, you don't you don't want to do all that. And I don't think the Lakers are going to end up in that position. So, But they have to be very, very careful until their stars get back. They just have to, you know, their defense has been pretty good lately. They have to play some knockdown defense. And some of these open shots that they're getting, you know, especially from three, uh, they, you know, they have to hit those shots. They were only seven out of 23 today from three-piece land. That's only 30%. Mark Gasol was the only one that was successful from three-piece land. He was three of three. Uh, the rest of the team, well, Caruso was two out of three. Uh, but the rest of the team did not shoot well at all. And that includes uh, Kuzma. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, you know, I'm starting to get a little concerned about him. I was on the Schroeder bandwagon when he was picked up by the Lakers. Um, you know, and at the beginning of the year, you know, I kept preaching, hey, this is the guy, he's, he's like the X factor. You know, when healthy, when all players are healthy, Lakers players, that this guy will help them reach the Western Conference Finals again. Now, obviously, he's in, uh, you know, the contract year coming up. And there has been rumors, whispers, or innuendo, or whatever you want to call it, that uh, Schroeder actually turned down a four-year, $84 million offer from the Lakers, an extension. That's 21 stacks per year by my math. And in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think that's of a fair contract for Dennis Schroeder now. You know, he's he's one of those players that um, he's betting on himself. You know, if you turn that down and um, you're not playing well down the stretch here, you, you may not get that offer from another team. God forbid if you get hurt. You know, we don't want anybody to get hurt. And let's hope that doesn't happen to him. But, you know, you're 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 um, you're you're testing yourself. You know, you're putting the onus on yourself if you think and I guess he thinks that. He's more valuable than four years and 84 stacks. Then, you know, you're betting on yourself. And sometimes that works out for players. Sometimes it does not. Now, in this particular game, 
uh, Schroeder was only three of 12. And it, it, it seems like in these last few games that this contract situation may be on his mind. That's just speculation on my, you know, on my part. I don't know that for sure. But sometimes it seems like his mind is elsewhere. And maybe it's the contract. And it's affecting his play a little bit. Now, he did have seven assists. That is good. He's, he's their point guard. So, yes, that is good. Uh, he only scored eight points, though. Minus 19 in the plus-minus column was a uh, shooter today. And lastly, again, uh, KCP. He's another guy. Don't know what's going on with him. 33 minutes, three of nine from the field. Two of six from three-piece land, eight points. Minus 20 in a plus-minus column. Did not play well at all. Uh, I don't know. I know at the beginning of the year, I mean, this guy was just on fire. He At one point, he was, I believe, in like in a top three in three-point uh, percentage. Three-point is made. You know, it's KCP, you know, a couple more guys. I think Seth Curry was up in there and probably his brother, Steph Curry. But I know KCP was up there. I think he was like in a top five maybe and uh, three-point percentage. That has definitely fallen off. So his play has definitely went downhill. I mean, down, downhill. And I don't know what the Lakers are going to do to uh, help him regain his confidence. I, it, it looks like it's just like a confidence issue, I guess, with him. But uh, whatever it is, he's going to have to pick it up. So even when LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Drummond, even when they all return, you know, it's going to take them a few games to, to start meshing with each other because now LeBron James and AD, they have to get acclimated to Andre Drummond and his his game that he plays and vice versa. But you're going to need KCP and you're going to need Schroeder and you're going to need Kuzma. You're going to still need these guys to step up, you know, to help out, you know, the big three, I'm going to call them for the Lakers and, and Marquise Morris as well. They, you know, you're not going to win with just LeBron James, AD, and Drummond. And you get nothing else from the rest of the team. So with those guys out, this gives the uh, the players who are normally um, uh, second stringers or coming, you know, coming off the bench, you know, it's their time to shine, the jail a little bit, show what they can do, you know, get some meaningful, meaningful minutes. And, you know, the Clippers did that earlier in the year when Paul George – and uh, Kawhi Leonard were both out for a few games. And I believe the Clippers may have won like four games in a row or something like that, playing with a lot of their reserves. And, you know, you know, guys like Lou Williams and uh, I believe even Kennard may have contributed a, a point or two in some of those games. But you get what I'm saying. The Clippers bench, they played very, very well when their two stars were out. The Lakers here, they're going to have to do the same thing. It's just it's no if ands or buts about it, or they're just gonna keep sinking in the standings here, and then it's gonna get pretty ugly. Um, Montrez Harrell, as usual, led the team. I mean, it seems like every single game I'm preaching the same thing about Harrell. Seven out of ten from the uh, from the field, nineteen points, six rebounds, gives you all kind of energy. Couple of blocks, you know, the guy just he does his thing. Five out of six from the free throw line. He doesn't even hurt you there. I mean, this guy, he's playing his ass off, man. And I, I just hope there's a way that the Lakers can keep him on this team long term. Not sure about the contract ramifications or things like that, but hopefully they can keep him on this team. I know they have to make a decision after the season is over about Harrell and a possible extension and all of that. So let's hope it works out well for the both of them. 
uh, Caruso since he's come back from uh, this post-concussion uh, protocol that he was in. Hasn't been playing all that particularly well. I saw some Twitter posts today. They were they were kind of dogging Caruso. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's not just Laker fans. It's Clipper fans as well. You know, it's like if somebody doesn't play well for a day and uh, the guy just gets dogged. Now, these may not be your your true, true diehard basketball fans. Diehard basketball fans know better. You know, Caruso has one bad game. I mean, good Lord. You don't just throw him to the scrap heap, okay? Caruso helped the Lakers win a championship uh, last year. Let's not forget that. He played, you know, he wasn't a superstar or anything like that, but he wasn't a liability either when he was on the floor in the playoffs last year. So, you know, let's 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 uh, pump the brakes on Caruso a little bit here. He's still going to be a very, very valuable piece down the stretch for these Lakers, you know, coming off the bench. If they want to win a championship, you're going to need a guy like that. The guy can play pretty good defense. He's a pretty good shooter. You know, when he's left open, you know, he's a feisty, feisty type of guy. You need a guy like that. Okay. I think Crusoe will be fine. Uh, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, he played a nice game today. Seven out of 14 from the field, 16 points. Okay. Hopefully down the line, uh, th- these will be in more meaningful minutes. Here, because again, he got a lot of his points as well when this game was pretty much in doubt, but still played pretty well, 16 points. And um, Wes Matthews did not play at all, coach's decision. Not sure if he was injured or not, but you know, you, you don't get that much from him anyway. I still question what his role is on the Lakers. Every now and then, he'll pop up with a pretty good game, but for the most part, he's, in my opinion, consistently, let me say, I'm not going to say consistently bad, just consistently not that good. How about that? That sound a little better? Consistently not that good. And today it was a DMP. Must have been nicked up a little bit because this is one of those games where you just let all the guys play. I mean, uh, the Greek freak's little brother, you know, he even played three minutes. Didn't score any points, though. McKinney came into the game for nine minutes. He went scoreless. Uh, Kakak was in there. He scored a point. So it was one of those games that you just get everybody in and see what they can do. But, um, yeah, the, the Lakers were kind of doomed from the very beginning in this particular game. So they just have to keep plugging away. And the schedule for the Lakers, let me tell you, it doesn't get any easier. doesn't get any easier at all. They did win the game against Sacramento on Friday, 115-94, uh, when Kyle Kuzma scored 30 points. Again, that's the type of game that they need from Kuzma like every single time. 30 points. Yeah, but it was against Sacramento. And he also uh, uh, held uh, Buddy Hill down a little bit in that particular game. I know a lot of people were criticizing the defense of uh, Kuzma lately. He's never been like a great lockdown defender or anything like that. But he did play pretty good defense against Buddy Hill in that Sacramento game. So you have to give him kudos for that. As far as the Lakers' schedule again, theirs is a lot tougher. They have to go to Toronto. No, that's not going to be an easy task there on Tuesday. Then they go to Miami. That's not going to be easy. Then they go to Brooklyn, of course. You know pretty much what may happen there, especially if their players are all healthy. And speaking of them real quick before I move on, I'm not so sure that these Brooklyn Nets are going to win a championship. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant, his injury situation, I, I don't know. It's, no one seems to know what's going on with Kevin Durant. 
I hope the guy is healthy, of course. You want to see everybody healthy. And, and, you know, and Kyrie, you know, he's, you know, with the personal issues and, you know, he misses games and not without, not because of injury, just because of whatever reason. And, uh, and of course, you got James Harden, who, who I believe now is the leader for the Most Valuable Player Award. But I, I, I don't know. The jury's still out to me on the Brooklyn Nets. It's to me, it's just still out. But they do play Brooklyn uh, next Saturday. Then they have to go to New York to play the Knicks, who is playing outstanding basketball right now. It's really, really good to see the New York Knicks playing well. I think the NBA needs that. You know, you need, you know, the old school teams like the Lakers, uh, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, you know, Chicago Bulls, you know, New York Knicks. You know, you want those teams to be good every year. You know, Miami Heat. You know, you just want those teams to be good. It's good for the NBA. It's actually good for New York. They're playing really, really well right now, especially Julius Randle. I mean, my God, dude just came out of nowhere, man. It's balling his ass off. He's playing really, really good. And then that, the last piece of that road trip is that they have to go to Charlotte. And, of course, uh, Charlotte is without Mellow Ball. And, um, you know, hopefully his uh, wrist heals are really, really well, and he picks up where he left where he left off uh, for next season. So the Lakers, you know, Laker Nation, Laker fans, uh, just 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 hang in there as the best you can. That's really, really all you can do until your stars get back and um, and go from there. I still say, I say it every time. I sound like a broken record. Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Western Conference Finals. If both teams are healthy. They will meet. And then just like today, we'll have a, another. We had a, um, it's called a uh, Battle of L.A. in the uh, the Audio Clubhouse app where it's a room that uh, where you had Clipper fans in there. You had Laker fans. And they go back and forth, throw barbs at each other and things like that. And, you know, I helped, uh, helped host one of those uh, rooms today. You know, it was pretty nice. So I'd like to do another one. Uh, but I want to do one where both teams are, like, healthy. They're both healthy, and they can just go at it. So we can find out, finally, who's the better team in L.A., the Lakers or the Clippers. And then finally, uh, I'm still working on my YouTube channel. That's going to be coming up very, very soon, so please look out for that. And um, that's going to the same concept uh, as the podcast. The YouTube channel will have that same format. It's basically going to be Clippers and Lakers uh, news and uh, a house divided is what it's, what it's going to be called. But only this time it's going to be on the um, on the YouTube channel. And with that, folks, I will leave it at that. Uh, I'd like to thank you all again for listening to this podcast. And uh, I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network, of course, for putting it on. But most of all, you fans that are listening, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you subscribe to uh, this podcast and you can do that through Apple podcast, through Google podcast, Spotify, um, Stitcher, and I'm probably forgetting one, iHeartRadio, so on and so forth, wherever you get your podcast. Really, really like for you to uh, subscribe and leave comments, leave comments. Either way, let me know what I can do to improve this podcast. I'm here for you, L.A., here for you, baby. So with that, again, folks, make sure you wear your mask when you're outdoors. We're still in this COVID environment. Make sure you keep your six foot social distancing and wash your hands thoroughly and often every single day. 
And until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace.